Welcome to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we believe life is better when you love the way you look, style doesn't have to be complicated, and getting dressed can actually be fun. It's time to ditch that closet full of nothing to wear and instead create a fabulous functional wardrobe that makes you feel stylish, confident, and ready for anything. I'm your host, Jennifer Mary, and I've been dressing real women for almost 20 years. There isn't a body type or wardrobe challenge I haven't seen. And in this podcast, I'll share practical lessons from my journey that you can use to make creating a look you love easier than you ever imagined. Get ready to love getting dressed again. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Everyday Style School podcast, where we take the stress out of getting dressed. Today in our lecture series, we're covering the third of the four basic body types, the apple. In our vocabulary lesson, we're starting a mini-series on sleeve types, and while that may sound kind of boring and insignificant, there is a best sleeve for everyone, and I'm going to help you find yours. Before we dig in, though, let's check on your homework from the last episode. Again, if you haven't listened to episodes two and three, I encourage you to do so. They'll help you understand which body type is yours so you can get the most out of this series. So many women get their body type wrong and follow advice not meant for them. Today, we are covering the most misunderstood body type. Also, I want to encourage you to listen to all the body type episodes. They'll help you understand your body shape even better. The other homework was just for our self-described rectangles, and that was to go through your closet and look at your favorite pieces, as well as the one you just don't love for some reason. Hopefully you saw some connections with the guidelines I shared last week. Seeing why you like pieces or why you don't goes a long way when you're shopping. You know what to look for and what to avoid. It's been my experience that women, for the most part, have wardrobes made up of clothes that look really good on them. They just don't know how they got there. So every shopping trip is the same needle in a haystack search to find pieces you love. My goal through this series and the homework is to help you figure out what to look for and what to avoid. If you do the homework and notice that all the tops you love have open necklines, or all the dresses you don't love have a line right across the midsection, you can save yourself a ton of time the next time you're out shopping by looking for and avoiding the things you've identified. But let's start today's episode, as always, with a lesson from Linda. Friends, I think this might be one of the most powerful lessons from Linda you're going to hear. The vast majority of my clients have struggled with this, and if your wardrobe isn't coming together, Right here, this is where you start. And with all that hype, it better be good, right? I call this one Linda and the Pants. So this particular Linda called me because no matter how much she shopped, she never felt like she had anything to wear. Sound familiar? Yep, it happens to a lot of us. When I work one-on-one with a client, I send out a pre-service questionnaire to help me understand my clients and their needs better and to get them thinking about some of the mindset issues that contribute to having a fabulous functional wardrobe. When I got her survey back in email, it was all about pants, how she was fine on pants, did not need more pants. She struggles with tops, but she's got the bottoms covered, did not want to spend any of our time together on pants, 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 you get the idea. Now, just for context, working with me in person is just like an episode of what not to wear. My clients try on all their clothes. I tell them what works, what doesn't, and what they need to add to make the perfect wardrobe. The only difference is that it isn't televised, and very rarely do I make people cry. I'm not going to say it hasn't happened, but I do try my best. Anyway, I got to her house and I set up my clothing rack. I told her to pull out all of her pants and skirts out of the closet so we could try those on first. She got kind of defensive with me and said, I told you I am fine on pants. 
I don't want to spend any of our time together on pants when what I'm really struggling with is tops. I said, okay, well, how about we play the game where you're the client struggling with her wardrobe and I'm the professional stylist who knows how to fix it. Humor me and try on the pants. Okay, so she did. She went in her closet and she pulled out, I kid you not, probably 35 to 40 pairs of pants out of her closet and another 15 to 20 skirts. I mean, she was grabbing them from different places in her house. It was crazy. Anyway, I put them on my rack. By the way, I'm going to link to the rack I use in the show notes. It's amazing for cleaning out your closets, for figuring out what to bring for a trip, extra coats at a party, guests, whatever. And it folds up to store easily in a closet. I love it so much that I have two of them. We started flipping through her clothes on the rack and the very first pair, she said, oh, I don't wear those because they're really summery. Okay. The second, she said, those were tailored to a strange length. I only have one pair of shoes I can wear with them and they hurt my feet. The third pair, she could only wear on really skinny days. Another pair was lined wool and way too heavy and hot for her office. Another pair was too long and she was meaning to have them tailored. Another pair was way too tight in the waist, but big in the legs, so she never wore them. A skirt was on the edge of being too short, so she never wore it to work, and it was really too dressy for weekend. Do you see where this is going? Every time we came across a pair of pants or a skirt that she couldn't wear because of the fit or the tailoring or the sizing or the seasonality, whatever, I'd pull it off the rack and put it in a pile on her bed. In the end, out of all of those things, she had four pairs of pants that she liked and could wear to work that season. Two black pair, one gray, and one bold print. Two skirts, one black, one red. Turns out her wardrobe problems were all about the pants. No wonder she felt like no matter how much she bought, she still didn't have anything to wear. Also, she wasn't buying tops to go with the bold print pants or the red skirt, so she was really down to three pants and one skirt. There are two important lessons from this, Linda. Number one, and this is the big one. This is what I'm talking about. Your wardrobe problems are almost always on the bottom. When you feel frumpy, it's probably because you're in ill-fitting pants. When you don't have anything to wear, it's probably because you don't have any bottoms to go with the hundreds of tops you already own. If you're stuck in a style rut, it's probably because you're wearing the same basic boring bottoms all the time. What happens is we have these wardrobe challenges. We feel like we don't have anything to wear. So we go shopping and what do we buy? We buy tops. Tops are easy. Tops are inexpensive. You don't have to take off your shoes to try on tops. Tops make us feel like we're going to have an exciting new wardrobe and more to wear. And then somehow we don't. When your wardrobe is stuck and what you're doing isn't fixing it, head straight for the bottoms. Do you have enough? If not, before you buy any more tops, you've got to boost up the bottoms in your wardrobe and not just any bottoms, bottoms that fit you properly, that work for the season you're in and go with the tops and shoes you already have. The second lesson from this, Linda, is that having a lot of clothes doesn't always equal having a lot to wear. I always say that a great wardrobe is as much about what you take out as what you put in. Because when your wardrobe is full of closet clutter, getting dressed is really difficult. The second lesson from this, Linda, is that having a lot of clothes doesn't always equal having a lot to wear. I always say that a great wardrobe is as much about what you take out as what you put in. Because when your wardrobe is full of closet clutter, it's hard to see what you actually have and getting dressed is really difficult. You feel like you must have something to wear. After all, you can see the clothes hanging in your closet. So you feel like you can't give yourself permission to go buy more clothes. Clothes that you can't wear for whatever reason give you a false sense of security, but make getting dressed so much more stressful. Make time to clean out your closet regularly so you know what you really have. Okay, let's move on to the word of the week in our vocabulary lesson. Before we get into today's word, I want to remind you why the word of the week segment is so important. With online shopping becoming more and more prevalent, 
It's estimated that almost a third of women's clothing purchases happen online now. Knowing what the terms mean in the descriptions will help you understand how the item is constructed, and more importantly, if it's right for you. Another study that says almost half of online clothing purchases are returned, and let's face it, returns are a pain in the butt. By understanding some of these words, hopefully we can cut down on the online missteps and build a better wardrobe. Like I mentioned in the intro, I'm kicking off a mini vocabulary series on sleeves. If you're about to tune out because you don't want to hear about sleeves for the next four weeks, please don't. Hear me out. Here's the thing. A big reason why clothes are flattering or not is because of lines. You've already heard me say that you should never put a horizontal line across the widest part of anything, right? That's because our eyes naturally travel along lines. Lines tell your eyes where to go. So when we're talking about sleeve types, we're talking about lines. In this series, we're not talking about sleeve length or sleeve shape. We're talking about the seam at the shoulder, what the different ones are and which one you should look for and which ones to avoid. These lines can make a huge difference in fit and flattery. Today, I want to talk about set-in sleeves. This is the most basic, the most common sleeve type out there. This is just a vertical seam going from under your armpit up to your shoulder and back down again. There's a good chance you're wearing this sleeve right now and you've never given it a second thought. The sleeve type is so common that it usually isn't even listed in the description. It's just the default sleeve. The reason we're talking about it today is that it's kind of the baseline for all other sleeve types. However, I do want to mention a couple things about this basic. First, getting the placement of this seam right is one of the biggest indicators of fit. That vertical seam should sit right on the outside of your edge of your shoulder. If it's situated down on your arm, your top is too big. If that seam is up on the flat part of your shoulder, creeping up toward your neck, your top is too small. This doesn't mean that it fits perfectly in all other areas, but I fit the shoulder first because if it doesn't fit there, there's no way the top looks good. The second thing I want to mention is that flattery-wise, this is a pretty neutral sleeve. There's really no one this sleeve looks bad on. It just sort of is. However, for women with round shoulders or broad upper bodies, this straight vertical seam can be a great way to square off the shoulder and add a vertical line, which moves the eyes up and down instead of across. In the next few weeks, we'll be talking about sleeve shapes that are a little more uncommon, but you need to know the basics first. Okay, let's head over to philosophy. Y'all, today I'm going to do something super obnoxious and quote myself, and it feels very strange to do that. However, I've got some really good material after dressing women for like 100 years, so I'm just going to go ahead and do it anyway. So here goes. Today's quote by yours truly is this, dressing well does not mean dressing up. Dressing well does not mean dressing up. So many women don't dress in a way that makes them feel good about the way they look because they equate dressing well with dressing up. Not true. You can dress up without dressing well. We've seen it. And you can dress well without dressing up. The two are not mutually exclusive. Ladies, there's a ton of gray area between frumpy workout clothes, baggy tees, and dollar flip-flops and blazers, trousers, and high heels. Every single day in my capsule community, shout out to my girls, I see women who are dressed so well in jeans, tees, sandals, jogger pants, sweatshirts. Most of them dress up infrequently, but they dress well all the time. How do they do it? Well, first they decide to build stylish wardrobes for the way they really live. They don't put off style until they reach the magic weight or have a reason to dress better. They just decide they're worth it. Then they choose pieces that are current, in good condition, and flatter their bodies. They choose better versions of the things they wear day in and day out. They don't try to become a different person. They just focus on being their best for the season they're in. 
This week, challenge yourself to dress well, even if you're not dressing up. I guarantee it'll feel good. We'll be back in just a minute to continue the Everyday Style Lecture Series on Body Shapes. Do you feel totally clueless about style? Are you convinced that a fabulous wardrobe is beyond your reach and nobody has a harder body to dress than you or a closet in worse shape than yours? First of all, I promise you that's not true. But you can have the wardrobe you've always wanted, a well-defined personal style and a closet that doesn't make you cringe. I know there's hope for you. Maybe you need more than a little style knowledge. Maybe you need a style expert and friend to come alongside of you and show you how to take control of your wardrobe. I can do that for you. Each month, I offer a few one-on-one virtual styling sessions. I can help you wherever you are. I've had clients in Japan, Germany, the UK, and all across North America. If you feel like a one-on-one session might be right for you, just visit my website at youreverydaystyle.com forward slash services, or check the show notes for the link. Okay, are you ready to dive into another Body Shape Talk? Before we get started, remember, use this information as flexible guidelines, not unbreakable rules. Do what suits you best, and if you love something, wear it. Use the guidelines as a starting point and focus on putting together a look you love, with dressing your body shape being just one part of the equation. Today, we're talking about the apple body type. This is the least common of all the body shapes. Last week, I told you the rectangle, for me, was the easiest to dress and the hardest to give advice to. Most clothing is designed with a rectangle body in mind, but under the umbrella of rectangle, the shapes vary so much that it makes giving general advice tough. The apple shape is completely the opposite. For me, the apple is the hardest to dress, but the easiest to give advice to. Clothes are not designed for this body shape, which can make dressing it really challenging, and my apple sisters know that. There was a pant from Loft called the Zoe Fit that came the closest, but of course, it's discontinued. You can still find it though on eBay and some of the online consignment sites like Poshmark and Mercari. I will link to those sites in the show notes. But while clothes aren't designed for apples, I've been one all my life. And so for me, giving advice to other apples is easy. There aren't a ton of variations on this body shape. So when I have an apple client, I just do for her what works for me. And nine times out of 10, it's a slam dunk. Let's start with the description of the apple. This is by far the most understood body type. Apple does not mean overweight. Apple does not mean I have more in the midsection than I used to. Apple means you are bigger on top than you are on the bottom. If you go to the store and buy a bigger top than you do bottom, you're an apple, plain and simple. Apples do not have a defined waist, like at all. If they do, it's a slight indentation right under the rib cage. Apples do not get the gap in the back when they buy pants. If you do, you're not an apple. Instead, if pants fit you comfortably in the waist, but they're big through the rear hips and legs, chances are you're an apple. In my experience, apples usually like more coverage on the top, but they love to show off their legs. I had a client the other day and I was having trouble telling her shape because her clothes were really big and baggy. She called herself an apple, but I wasn't so sure. I asked her, do you wear shorts? And she said, no way, my legs are terrible. And in that moment, I knew she wasn't an apple. Apple girls, you may be hard to fit and hate your midsection, but your legs are usually rocking. While apples aren't overweight per se, there's usually a thickness or a little bit of weight through the midsections, not always, but but usually, which brings me to the variation on the apple, the inverted triangle. This body shape has very broad shoulders, the waist is not well-defined, but not necessarily rounded, and the hips are narrow. Usually in this body type, the butt is very flat and pants are really hard to fit. 
Inverted triangles have slightly different needs than apples, and we'll mention a few of those in our discussions. The goal for dressing this shape is to create more balance between your upper and lower halves. Lots of apples can have a bird-like appearance around body on skinny legs. We don't want that. We want to make the halves match more. In the last couple of episodes, I talked about creating more curve, and I got to be honest, apples, it's just not going to happen. Embrace your straighter figure and give up the dream of an hourglass shape. If you are in an inverted triangle with no extra weight in the midsection, there's hope for you. But for the rest of us, let it go. You'll be much happier. So let's dig into what to wear starting at the top. Apples, your neckline matters. A super fun trait of apples is a short neck. So the best necklines for you are those that open up the upper body like V-necks, scoop, square, and my favorite, the bateau neckline. This is kind of like a boat neck in that it opens up the neck horizontally instead of vertically. But unlike a boat neck, it's more rounded and not such a harsh line. A really straight horizontal line will make your shoulders look broader. Necklines to avoid include crew necks, mock turtlenecks, and full turtlenecks. Those are going to make your upper body look much bigger. When looking for your best fabrics up top, wovens are your best bet every time. They skim over the parts you don't want to show off and create a nice straight shape. However, women can't live in blouses alone, and I get that. So if you're looking for knits, look for a knit that has a lot of drape to it. That $7 t-shirt from Target that's folded on the table, it's always going to cling. Look for knits with rayon, lyocell, or tencel blends in them. Watch out for tops that are blended with elastane or spandex. That is cling city. For fit, err on the side of oversized on top. Not so much that you're swimming in it, but just enough so your clothes have some movement. A tiny half tuck right off from center lets you get away with oversized styles without making you look bigger. However, never ever, I repeat, never ever do a full tuck on an apple body. Just don't. Trust me. It's not pretty. Be careful for the embellishments on your tops, like big pockets at the bust or color blocking, puffy shoulders. All of those add attention and volume to your upper body, which is not what we want to do to create balance. I usually choose more basic tops for my apple clients and have a little bit more fun on the bottom. Okay, are you ready? It is time for my greatest styling tip of all time. And if this is the only thing I learned from my time at Chico's, it would have been worth it. You ready? Here we go. Here it is. This works on every single body type, so pat yourself on the back if you're not an apple and you're listening anyway. Three-quarter length and bracelet length sleeves take three to six inches of visual bulk out of your midsection. What does that mean? It means that three-quarter length and bracelet length sleeves make your tummy look thinner. You can skip the gym today because of that one tip. I want you to try this. Put on a long sleeve top and roll one sleeve just past the wrist belt. That's bracelet length. Leave the other sleeve long and look in the mirror. Do you see how the shorter sleeve shows where your torso ends and your arm begins? Now give your shorter sleeve another roll to make it three-quarter length. See the difference? This is such a simple trick that can have a huge impact, and I do it on every single client, but really with apples every single time. Your top should hit somewhere below your hip bone and above the crotch point. By the way, crotch is my least favorite word in the English language, but there really isn't another word that describes what I'm trying to say, but just know that I am cringing every single time I have to say it. Now, when the weather permits, layering is a great trick for apples. Wearing layers open, never ever close your jacket, divides your upper half into three smaller vertical sections, drawing the eye up and down. One of my tricks is a bright or patterned underlayer with a basic neutral on top. It makes the middle section stand out and narrows your entire upper body. 
If you are layering, avoid those short crew neck cardigans and opt for longer open styles instead. But please, for the love of God, and this is for every single body type, avoid those waterfall cardigans with the big pointy panels in the front. If you have bulk in your midsection, they highlight it. If you don't have stuff to hide in your midsection, they make you look like you do. No one should be wearing these anymore. They're not fooling anyone. For jackets, just like your rectangle sisters, try boyfriend blazers or moto jackets worn open. Boyfriend blazers give a more relaxed fit through the shoulders, while open moto jackets give some movement and camouflage to your midsection. Traditional blazers can be a little tricky because if they fit in the midsection, they're big in the shoulder. If they fit in the shoulder, they're tight across the tummy. Here's the deal. You have to fit the shoulder. Giant too big shoulders make your whole outfit frumpy dumpy. It's okay if your jacket can't close comfortably. You really shouldn't be closing your jackets anyway. Just fill the space with a long necklace or a draped scarf. Another great look for apples is a short boxy jacket with a round collar worn open. Think like the classic Chanel jacket. Now for dresses. Again, the waist of your dress has to fit the waist of your body. If you do not have a waist, neither should your dress. Shift dresses, cocoon dresses, trapeze dresses, these are your friends. Sheath dresses can be great as well as long as the seams are vertical, not horizontal through the middle. Traditional body shape advice is going to tell you that ampere dresses and wrap dresses are your friends. Proceed with caution. If you don't know, an ampere or empire waist is a high-waisted style where the waistband is right under the bust. If you have a rounded tummy and you wear this style, you're going to look pregnant. If that's not a look you're going for, don't do it. If you're an inverted triangle, on the other hand, ampere waist can work for you. Just make sure there's not a lot of gathering at the seams. Look for less fussy styles. The same thing goes for wrap dresses. If you've got a round tummy, do not put a wrap over it. It just highlights it. On the other hand, inverted triangles without bulk in the midsection do great in this style. Avoid fit and flare dresses. They don't fit or flare where you need them to. Okay, now on to bottoms. When you're buying pants, you need to look for the word modern or check with the store to see what their straightest fit is to make sure that it's the straight, straightest style through the waist and hip. That's going to go a long way. Apples have a challenge that often, even with a modern cut, if a jean or pant fits in the waist, it's still too big in the hips, rear, and legs. My trick for this is waist extenders. They allow you to size down to fit your lower half, but give you a little bit of extra room in the waist. Since you're not fully tucking anyway, no one's going to notice. I'll link to my favorite waist extenders in the show notes. Your other option with pants is to fit in the waist and have the rest tailored, which I've done for bottoms I really love, but the first option is much, much easier. As far as styles go, beware of anything too skinny on the bottom as it can accentuate the disparity between your upper and lower halves. Higher waist bottoms can be magical as they don't hit in a trouble spot and cause muffin top. Also, look for wide, flat waistbands and no pleats anywhere. One trick to balance out your body is to add a little volume at the bottom of the leg. For instance, rolling your skinny jeans will stop that tapered look and straighten you out, as will wearing a chunky ankle boot or a statement heel. You may find you prefer slim and straight leg styles over skinnies, and both styles can work well for you. If you like a baggy boyfriend look, try sizing up in skinny jeans. It gives you more structure through the hip and the thigh while still giving you that cool, relaxed boyfriend look. Be careful with wide leg pants as the volume can be too much, especially if you're petite. Instead, look for trouser styles that are more structured through the hip that fit a little bit more closely. As an apple, I love to put loud, bright prints and colors on the bottom 
and white pants were made for you. Another trick is cargo pants or silky joggers to add a little bit more volume on your lower half. For skirts, I prefer pencil or straight skirts that end above the knee for apples. Be really careful of lots of volume in skirts or pleats. The only time this works well is when you have a skirt that has a high, wide, flat waistband and pleats that start at the hip, and you plan to tuck your top in. This is the right version of fit and flare for you. Maxi skirts and skirts like that are tough because they need to be paired with a fitted top, and it's showing off the wrong stuff usually. Okay, a few final tips for apples. Belts are not usually an apple's best look. However, a belt worn under an open jacket or a cardigan with a focal point at the center, like a cool buckle, can hide the stuff on the sides and draw the eye inward. When it comes to jewelry, longer is better. Longer earrings make your neck appear longer. Longer necklaces give a vertical line down the center of the body and make your top half look longer and leaner. There you go. Like I said, dressing the apple body shape can be challenging, but hopefully this episode has given you a few ideas to make shopping simpler. Your homework this week is, if you are an apple, go through your closet quickly and look for your favorite pieces. Do they fit the guideline? Look for those pieces you don't love. Could it be they're not best for you? If you'd like an extra challenge, do a little shopping online with some of the ideas you learned today and see if anything jumps out at you. Now, if you started the episode thinking you were an apple, but discovered you're probably not, your homework is to go back and figure out what shape you really are. Episodes two and three should help. All right, that's it. Have a great week, everybody, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Everyday Style School podcast. Class is dismissed for the day, but if you'd like to continue the conversation, head over to my free Facebook group, The Everyday Style Lounge. You can also visit my website for show notes, downloads, and links to resources we discussed during the episode. Go to youreverydaystyle.com forward slash podcast. Finally, be sure to subscribe to The Style School wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, I'd love if you'd leave a review and even share with your friends. Thanks so much. We'll see you back in class next week.